Michigan's Upper Peninsula is my home and Escanaba is my hometown. I'm Craig Warple. Hometown Escanaba connects with the people, activities, and newsmakers of Escanaba and the UP. Join us for more interviews at hometownescanaba.com. Now let's find out what's going on. I'm at Lee's Winery in downtown Escanaba. Lee Schmidt has had this winery since when, Lee? 2008. 2008, and now you've decided to retire. I re- am retiring. Yes, I am. Why did you decide to sell the business? Um, maybe my body had talked to me about getting out of the business. It was a little bit laborious, and uh, it wasn't. I wasn't doing the best with it anymore. So uh, it was time. It was time. Unlike other businesses, though, this one tends to have a long-term range, so you have to keep things moving in order to stay productive. That's right. So very fortunately, Julie Lambert, our tasting room manager, happened to say, you know, I'd be interested if you sold it. So um, the decision was expedited because of Julie. Julie, why did you decide to do that? Well, when I heard he was selling, I didn't want this place gone. I love this place. We've become family. So it was a decision that I knew was right. I'm assuming you like wine. I love wine. (laughs) (laughs) What is it you like about wine? Um, Everything about it. I love that it brings people together. I love a sweet wine, um, unlike Lee, who likes the drier. Um, But I like everything about it. I think I'll be drinking with Lee, if that's okay with you. (laughs) Sounds good to me. (laughs) And your husband, Tony, is also a part of this then? He is. All right. Tony, uh, you obviously uh, went along with this idea? Of course I did. It's a great idea. We love this place. What is it you like about it? Uh, same thing Julia said. It brings people together. We come in here and just chill. We've had many date, many date nights here. I came here and just talked with the workers, came in here read books. It's just a great atmosphere all, all around and what a great, great building, Lee. I mean, you walked into this. Absolutely. Well, we fell in love with it when we uh, looked at, first looked at it in 2007 before we actually per, uh, purchased it. It was put up in 1881. Tin walls and tin ceiling went up in 1830s. And it's just been a fantastic place. It's, it's beautiful on the inside. And to have the bar in such good shape. Uh, that was amazing. That was amazing. We had to do some minor... Um, corrections to it there were a couple of young groups that were in here that owned it for a year and let it go and so we upgraded it a little bit um, to make it look more presentable you have that winery feel to the place as far as the coloration how did you manage that dumb luck there's no other no other explanation other than that Um, the walls were painted already and the ceiling were painted already so it uh, lended right to it you know and once I took a look at the whole place I thought wow had a lot of potential. Over on the wall, and you got a wallpaper, um, wineries with uh, bottles of wine, right? right? So on the wall here, you wallpapered this wall with uh, some of the wines that you have made over the years. Which one's your favorite? I'm not allowed to tell you that, you know. You're, you're retired now. No, you can no, do that. I, no, well, let me tell you. When I say that, people start buying that kind of wine, whether they like it or not. So I kind of lean away from that. Even though old Escanaba is kind of a favorite of mine because it was the first one I started with and the one I wanted to be most presentable. And it was on the dry side, a nice blend. It was more like a French style wine, which I really prefer. 
How about anything new, or have you kept uh, pretty much the uh, same through the years here? No, no, there's a lot new. Like, we never had Nawadaha Falls to start with. I think that was Julie's big deal. Um, Rocco's Brianna was because of a gentleman who had a wine, uh, vineyard out in Daggett. And um, Mary Terry, for example, that came out when they had the celebration back in 2017. So as we went along, we increased the number. We only started with five wines. And now we're up to what, 20? 20 some. <laughs> 20 some. She, he, Lee mentioned that you had a hand in that one wine. So tell me about that. I think that may have been Carrie earlier on that did that one, but um, there's a couple new ones coming out for spring that we're playing with right now. So we're going to see how those turn out. Ask her about her diva line. Diva. <laughs> we have a Diva's Dream line. We now have a white, a rosé, and we'll have a red. Um, actually, I think we only have a couple bottles of the rosé left, but they will all be out again for April. And Lee, Marquette, the grape, uh, obviously is something we've been talking about over the years as something that is uh, goes really well in the places like the Upper Peninsula. Absolutely. Um not only that, the Frontenac, uh, the Frontenac Gris that we have, um, they're all uh, cold climate grapes that are hardy to the UP and can be grown up here. There's a couple of vineyards up here, one out in Harris and one in um, Garden, one in um, down in Stevenson uh, that are growing those particular grapes as well. Tony, uh, Lee won't tell me his favorite wine, but I bet you have one on the rack here. I have several favorite wines. I'm also a dry red person, uh, so my, my favorite go-to is Burley Jack or Oles Canaba, but I'm beginning to like, beginning to love actually, Nowataha Falls. It's more of a sweeter, semi-sweet wine for me, but to me it's a perfect wine. How did you end up with such a sweet wife then, if you like the drier wines? Uh, I'm not going to answer that. I'm ready. <laughs> All right. Uh, first of all, Julie, is there anything that you would change here as you're moving forward? Um, we're going to start talking once production slows down, talking about different seating in the back, um, different table setups and stuff like that. Um, possibly some small plates coming in for um, for food, stuff like that. So. You've been doing music as well. Yes, we're trying to do music once a month, uh, live music in here. Um, this Saturday, the 23rd, we're actually having um, somebody come in to do that. So we're hoping to be able to keep keep doing that once a month we have a big event this saturday we do we're doing our official ribbon cutting key passing we have live music and lee will be here signing his book that he wrote lee it's a, a book about what it's a book about uh well it started out about being the characters that we have on our labels burley jack cordwood johnson mary terry which are older um, people been around in the 18 late 1800s early 1900s and as we reveal information about how those became part of the labels, you learn something about the winery. And then we jumped ahead and we actually took some characters that we knew, like Tom Boyne, who was responsible for our first sweet wine called Tom Sweet White. And uh, we included him and you learn a little bit more about the winery. And then we, we went into um, the actual, I'm blanking here now, the actual stories of... Um, customers that we had come through and you really learned a lot about the winery then you have a few doozies did you uh we had some interesting customers especially one i think called steven 
he really threw me a curve when he first came in because it was hard to tell whether he was for real or a confidence man. Okay, we have to read it to find out. Have to read it to find out. Yes, sir, that's right. You spent a lot of time uh, behind the bar over here, right? Absolutely. So you're going to miss this? Uh, In some respects, because you get to know the customers that way. And you get to interact with the customers and you find out their history. And from behind the bar, I was able to question people and lean, lean the conversation back to them. And then they would, unbeknownst to them, reveal things about their character or their, or their existence. We had, for example, a gentleman come in who turned out to be a captain, naval captain, who um, not only was he a captain of a ship, he operated the, the, the fleet off of Japan and then became one of Colin Powell's uh, advisors. And he lives here in the UP. Now, what are the chances? You know, those are the things that happen. And those type of things I will miss, yes. I was going to ask you what's your favorite part about the bar back here as we're looking at it, but obviously it's the people on the other side. The people on the other side, you know, that, that's what enlivens everything. I know, I, you know, closely know the wines because we made the wines, but the people on the other side were the key to making this place very pleasurable. Well, Tony, uh, Julie offered me a tour in the balls of the winery here where it all happens downstairs. So are we able to go down? We are. What are we going to find down there? Well, right now we're set to core our apples that we just picked up from our apple orchard to make our backyard apple wine. Um, so we have tables set up. We're ready to start that process. Um, so that should be ready to go, and we'll get them in the tank and get that wine going. Okay, we're going down the steps off the side of the winery here. I see the grapes, Lee, up on the top of the the ceiling here so you decorated just for yourself going downstairs yeah actually the kids that uh, were working here who line up the walls and have the uh, elf ears and look like little elves helping out (laughs) they're the ones that painted all of that i'm sure they did it worked really nice (laughs) all right well we're heading down in the bottom here oh you got workers already going down here we do we have people coming in um ready to core some apples get them in buckets and get them in the tank Okay, so he's coring. What kind of apples do you have here? I think there are five main apples and a few um, mixed buckets. So we have, what do we have? Uh, get honey crisp, honey gold. That was a big apple, he said, right? And you do this, you do this all by hand. Yeah, yeah, you gotta do it all by hand. That's a lot of apples in the box over there. It sure is. Got a busy morning again ahead of you. That's definitely a busy morning every morning. <laughs> do the fruit wines go over good? They do. They really do. I think we sold out of our last backyard apple just yesterday or the day before. Um, so this season will probably out in January, February. Um, so and they are big sellers. We have a new one, a peach coming out, a raspberry coming out, our strawberry moon coming back out. Uh, what else? Blackberry will go in the tank soon. So yes, our fruits, the sweet fruits are definitely a big seller. A rhubarb comes out on November 23rd this year. A red hat rhubarb, that's always a big sell. Where do we want to start this tour? Um, you take me. Sounds good. Or Lee, one of the two. Lee can take you. <laughs> 
So this is where we keep our stored wine in here. This is all labeled and ready to sell. Um, we're getting low. So as you can see coming up, we have our stainless steel tanks back here. Um, most full and ready to um, continue with the process. Uh, some of these will come out in November. Some will come out in December. I believe we have our snow day coming out in December. I'm just in time for the snow. Um, let's see. Amato is a sweet white that will be coming out in February, but most of these will come out in April. I shouldn't be, Lee, but this is a lot, and I'm a little surprised at how much is down here. Uh, you haven't walked into the next room yet where the large tanks are. I'm assuming it didn't start like this. No, we actually started with three of the large tanks, and we have three medium medium tanks and, and uh, three small ones. So, so what was it like to get this going over the years? It was something else. Um, we started with like uh, 500, 500 gallons, I think it was. And from there, we're up to, what, uh, 1,700 gallons or better? I don't even know Probably close to 2,000 gallons. Yeah. And you go through it all? Uh, I just walked past the, where they store, and I said to Tony, oh, my God, you sold 90% of the wine already. Not good, huh? Well, <laughs> or good. You know, yeah, it is good in a, in, a, in a respect, but that means that it's probably going to sell out um, by January, um, especially if we have a good uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas sales, or they have. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, that's, of course, a big wine time, isn't it? That's right. All right, I'm moving into the back room here where Lee says it's going to be even more amazed. And, yeah, you got... Uh, it's all just lined up here and so tell me kind of what you got well we have a bunch of different wines we have the reds and the whites um, these are 500 liter tanks most of them and that's 132 gallons each most of them are very full um, some of them a little bit less but can we take a look at something or you show me what happens here uh, we're not supposed to open the tanks in between the less that's okay the just better, but yeah just tell me what this we're is gonna our do amato here. wine um, this is like I said 132 gallons of amato it's a sweet white it comes out around Valentine's Day typically So what do you do how do you when you're putting it together what do you do here? well amato is a white wine so the grapes will come in the back they get destemmed and brought right down into this big press here okay. we press it out the juice goes in the tank we add our ingredients the next day it gets the yeast and we wait the super secret ingredients for secret ingredients <laughs> okay how long do they sit here depends on the wine i'm assuming depends on the wine mm -hmm. reds are a little bit longer and depending on if they're oaked um, there's two tanks of the old escanaba or if they're solid in, it. in the red wines you you ferment on the skins and seeds so that has to be fermented and then it has to be racked off of that and then you have to come back again and rack it and rack it and rack it and then before you filter it so okay i saw two of the oak barrels i'm assuming those are what you're talking about there right right so yeah if it goes in an oak barrel that's an extra year um so if you get a wine that comes out from an oak barrel like burley jack or cordwood uh, that has been in a barrel for a year. It's been in a tank for probably nine months before that. So it's a good two years before it comes out from when it started. Did you learn a little bit of patience from this job? I learned a lot of patience from this job. <laughs> and Julie and Tony are on their way. It, a lot of planning and, and probably a little bit of apprehension about what the future holds there. absolutely because i'm finding out i'm not a very patient person and i want it done now and bottled now and on the shelf now but that's not the way it works no nope, you gotta wait for its time wasn't there an ad like that something like that that's right yeah. 
Anything else on the other side of the basement that we want to see, or is that pretty much it? More wine storage that's ready to sell in our office back there where we get a lot of our paperwork and all that fun stuff. Well, hopefully the office is a little warmer than out here, Tony. Of course. Yeah, this is a perfect temperature for wines, but not too much for humans. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you can. It's just a little cool, but it feels good. Just got to wear your jackets. Correct. Um, So what do you hope to be able to take this business to become? Well... Again, we would like to bring in some small plates and do some things with that. Um, keep the wines going, experiment with some new ones, keep the, the staples going. Um, we have Lee helping us for the next year, so we're figuring this out. And it's a pretty cool thing. A big learning curve for them? It's a big learning curve for me, actually, because Julie calls me up like midnight, you know, and she says, I've been thinking about this, so I need a little device, and that's when I come in. Yeah, it's a big learning curve all the way around. All right. So... In good hands, do you think? I think it's in very good hands. I'm looking forward to their first production coming out shortly and the one that I'm going to follow from there. And from what I've seen going on and what I'm smelling in the tanks, and I can't say what I'm tasting yet, but um, <laughs> I might be sampling on occasion, you know. It's it's going excellent. Very good. The program this weekend, what time is the ribbon cutting and the other activities? The ribbon cutting is at 3.30 out front, um, music from 6 to 9, and Lee will be here all day to sign his book from noon until 9 o'clock. Otherwise, the winery's hours are? Um, Let's see, Tuesday through Saturday, noon to 7, and Sundays, noon to 4, typically. Well, congratulations, uh, Tony and Julie, on the purchase of Lee's Winery. Thank you. And Lee, congratulations on your retirement, so to speak. Thanks, Craig. I mean, it's, it's a wonderful thing. It's a nice way to see it. Passover. Thank you for listening. A special thanks to our sponsor, SwedishPimple.com. Check out all of the fishing lures made right here in the Upper Peninsula at SwedishPimple.com. You can continue to follow us at HometownEscanaba.com. We connect with the people, activities, and newsmakers from Escanaba and Michigan's Upper Peninsula. <laughs>